Hi, everyone. Welcome to the MRP Tech Podcast. This is episode 197. My name is Matt, and I'm finally back. I thank you for your patience with a long uh, pause between episodes. Uh, the last episode I recorded was back in May, and I've been trying really hard to get back behind the microphone again. And I've sort of explained in previous episodes what happened. But since it's been such a long time, I thought that I would just kind of briefly review sort of what happened and uh, give you a an update on everything. Uh, over a year ago, I slipped and fell hiking and I really screwed up my back. And I, I had a lot, I was in a lot of pain. And um, didn't really know where the source of the pain was coming from. I, I tried to deal with it for about at least six months um, and tried some physical therapy that only managed to make it worse. And um, basically through a series of MRIs, I, I discovered that I had a torn labrum in my hip and I spent the summer trying to figure out what to do with it. Uh, a torn labrum when you fix it is, is generally somewhere between four and six weeks without walking and it's a long recovery period. And I wasn't really ready to just um, to do that without speaking to some experts. So over the summer, I saw three different um, uh, orthopedic surgeons and they all told me the same thing, which was basically um, that wasn't the source of what my pain was coming from, which uh, then led me to getting another MRI and um, basically finding out that I have a, a herniated disc in my back that's that's touching a nerve. And that was most likely the, the root of the issues. And so I, I spent a lot of time in the fall um, just just getting out and trying to keep moving because that's the, the, the solution for herniated discs. A lot of times they're not pushing for a back surgery um, unless you're you're super desperate. So I've been trying to get out, just stay moving. Sitting at a desk is is certainly something that um, I, I can't do for a really long period of time. I have to stay moving. Currently in physical therapy again for that, and um, I've had some progress. Um, not exactly where I want to be just yet, but I do have an update um, for you. And I wanted to. I'm going to get into a little bit later on. Uh, since it's been a while, my favorite thing to do in this podcast is at the end of the year, talk about some favorite audiobooks of mine that I have listened to throughout the year. Um, I'm going to get to that in just a little bit. And in the meantime, I really would like to update you on a project that means a lot to me. Um, if you go back several episodes, you're going to hear me talking about some historic bridges in my area, how these historic bridges are some of their last of their kind in the world. And um, how I've been working on a project for well over a year and a half now to help my hometown out and try to uh, get these historic bridges rehabilitated before they're lost forever. And this is a project that has really taken a, a long period of time, much longer than I anticipated. It has uh, rallied our entire community, which is a very rare thing. And um, in, in this whole process, I've learned a whole lot about something that I've never really known about. Um, not many people really know about historic bridges. And um, I didn't realize there's a whole world out there 
of uh, enthusiasts and writers and experts and civil engineers, and the list goes on. And I sort of jumped right in, and I've I've learned a whole lot over the the last uh, year and a half. I've made some friends along the way. I've reached out um, to people all over the country and met people uh, in different parts of the world that are all in the same sort of field. And uh, just recently, I was contacted by a writer from uh, an online editorial magazine called The Bridge Hunter Chronicles. And I found out that we were nominated for three international awards um, due to my efforts, the efforts of everybody in our town that are are helping out. And uh, we're really super proud of that. And my hometown is a really small town, uh, small village. Basically, you know, we have some tough competition because there's some large cities and, and some very large bridges that are uh, in the running as well for the competition. And um, if you have a second, in the show notes, I'm going to put some links to the three awards that we're, we're uh, being nominated for. And if you could help us out by voting for the Historic Bridges of Keysville, we would really appreciate the the uh, the little you know, vote for us. Um, there is some other bridges out there that are pretty unique as well. And, um, our bridges have a lot going for them and, and, um, we're super honored to be nominated for the bridge hunter awards, the 2021 bridge hunter awards. Um, you know, when we, when you think about it, uh, there's, there's basically 14 nominations in each category and we were one of 14 bridges throughout the United States, Canada, Europe, and elsewhere that um, were chosen and nominated for this. So we're pretty honored just to be nominated for this. A win would um, almost certainly get us in the direction that we want to have happen with these bridges, which is get them rehabilitated. Um, so, so there's a lot at stakes here for us, and it really means a lot to us that uh, our our bridges get rehabbed. Um, if you want to go back and listen to that previous episode, I'm sure there's lots of information in there. It's just a couple episodes ago, 194, 195, somewhere in that range. Um, so we're nominated for three uh, international awards. One is the Endangered Trust Awards for um, for our Upper Bridge. The other is a is a uh, an award that's um, Bridge Tour USA Award, which because we have so many historic bridges in a, in a um, close proximity, it makes for great for tourism uh, and that type of thing. So the Bridge Tour USA Award is also something that would mean a lot to us as well, because uh, three out of the six bridges in our area um, are in need of of maintenance and, and rehabilitation. And they all tell a story, not only by themselves, but as a group about engineering and, and history, especially during an experimental and developmental period in the late 1800s. And then the last category that we're in the nomination for is Bridge of the Year, which is a big time, big time thing um, that speaks for itself. So we're pretty honored to be nominated for these awards, and I'm I'm super excited. And and the awards has really fired up uh, our community, and and uh, people are really proud of of these these particular bridges. It's uh, they're not just like old bridges, and they're not just 
nationally historic bridges. They're not just civil engineering landmarks. Um, they're the last of their kind, um, two of them specifically. I, well, actually, three of them specifically. Uh, and, of, of course, we could go into more details, and I'll put the link to the website um, that that uh, I that I created for these so you can take a look. So I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about them. Um, and I'd like to get... In a couple episodes or so, I'd like to get uh, one of the writers uh, from the Bridge Hunter Chronicles on the show to talk about what the Bridge Hunter, what Bridge Hunter is, um, and and what they do. I think it'd be a really fascinating discussion because it is a technology topic in 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 a sense because it's it's, it's engineering. It's it's not only it's and, and it's a very specific. Uh, part of civil engineering when you're when you're dealing with historic bridges and, and, and that civil engineering aspect of them. Um, so I'd like to get that on the show. And there's a few other guests that I'd like to reach out and have on the show at some point in time too to, to sort of make this this a little bit more fun. Um, all right. So into the audiobook selection of the year. I'm this year I'm I'm picking five audiobooks just to briefly discuss and that I've listened to over the last year or so. I always start out by saying I, I'm pretty picky when it comes to audiobooks. I listen to them on my way to work. And there's when I give a rating system, usually I'm 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 very picky when I rate the books at the end. Uh, it's very rare that I, I do give a, a five star award or five star rating to an audiobook. Um, just because I know I do these at the end of the year. And um, this year I've noticed that it's my my five audio books books that I've chosen are um, very like different books <laughs> entirely. Um, so I'm going to start with number five and count down to number one and just kind of give you the rundown. Uh, number five was a book that I wanted to listen to because I'm a music teacher, because I uh, am a professional musician and I just happen to like jazz, I really wanted to take a refresher course on the history of jazz. And when there are so several audiobooks that are available that are 21 hours long, uh, 18 hours long. LeVar Burton actually uh, narrates one of them. And, um, you know, I, I wasn't really in the mood to listen to something that long. Um, and just a, just a few months ago, um, I was going through my audiobook library and realized I had purchased this a long time ago and uh, just had never gotten to it. So when I'm, I'm picking these awards uh, for best audiobooks of the year, um, in my opinion, uh, these are just books that I've either purchased in the past and haven't listened to in, until this year, or um, they're just 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 books that I think I, I give it a little tip of the hat to for this year because I read them this year. Um, so this book that I listened to, it's about six hours long. It's called Elements of Jazz from Cakewalks to Fusion. Now, that might not make a whole lot of sense if you're not kind of in the jazz world, maybe, or if you're not up to uh, snuff on on jazz history. But this is actually uh, part of the Great Courses series, uh, the Fine Arts and Music. And I'm a big fan of the Great Courses series. They're usually very, very good. Um, this one is narrated by Bill Messenger, um, who does an absolute fantastic job presenting this course. Not only is he talking and and in talking about the history of, of this particular type of music, 
But what he's doing is he's also a uh, renowned piano player. So throughout the entire course, he's playing audio examples of different styles that have sort of evolved from the late 1800s to present day. And he does a fantastic job of sort of weaving in and out all the details and leaving out a lot of things that aren't really necessary. So this was a great kind of refresher course for me, six hours long. And I think, you know, uh, for the general music fan or someone who just wants to learn a little bit, this would be a really great introduction in a way to sort of appreciate maybe something that they don't necessarily understand or haven't learned a whole lot about. So um, I gave this book five stars all around uh, because of the not only the, the history aspect of it, but the the narration uh, presentation was great. And overall, the, the content of the book was, was great as well. So Elements of Jazz, From Cakewalks to Fusion. It's on Audible, 5 hours and 59 minutes. Uh, I give it a five-star five review. Okay, number four in my audiobook countdown. This just happens to be uh, another great course. And... Um, it came out December 5th, 2018. So this is a couple of years old now at this point. Um, this book was narrated by Don Lincoln, and it is The Theory of Everything, The Quest to Explain All Reality. Now, um, I, I've sort of been interested in the, the theory of everything for several years now. I've read a lot of Neil deGrasse Tyson books, uh, um, there are other renowned physicists out there that, that you would recognize too. You know, every once in a while, something on YouTube would catch my eye. Um, you know, there's some great YouTube channels out there that I really enjoy. Um, just just tuning into once in a while just to see what's, what's out there, what's kind of happening. And um, this is a great step-by-step -step, uh, book, basically discussing the universe and again the course outline is fantastic this is five stars all the way around um, narrated by don england uh, don lincoln 12 hours and 21 minutes and and um that length is is i think you know that's in that range really gives a, a book uh, a chance to develop and tell stories and really get into some details without it being long and drawn out and overwhelming. So especially if you have like an hour drive to work and back, you know, listening to 45 minutes of it on the way to work and, and back uh, really breaks it up. And in the courses, the great courses are great too, because they're usually about 45 minutes per lesson or per unit, whatever you want to call them. And um, so I just happened to be in, in a great courses mind frame over the last um, few months. And, and these two books uh, have made the top of my list. All right, counting down number th three. Um, a few years ago, um, the book 1984 was recommended to me in A Brave New World. And I went and read both of those. And at the same time, I, I was seeing this book uh, kind of put in the same uh, reference uh, as to 1984, the, the dystopia, sort of future dystopia type of thing. And um, the this book, Fahrenheit 451, um, was not something that I was really interested in reading, but I just kept seeing it everywhere. And I, I really had no idea what it was about other than the fact that it was about um, firemen that would, would 
travel around towns and burn books. And um, Tim Robbins is the narrator of this and does a fantastic job with the, the voice narration and the acting in this book and playing different characters. Um, it's a very short book. It's only five hours and one minute long. Um, really quick read. Just a really interesting story. And I don't want to give much of it away, but it did make you kind of think a little bit differently. And, and, and I do like books that make you think think differently. And how the character kind of evolves from the start of the book to the finish of the book is, is a really, was really kind of unexpected. Yeah. And, and um, this audiobook it says it was released in uh, October 21st, 2014. I gave the, the uh, rating, uh, these are all five stars as far as, I, and, and normally even in my reviews, I don't give five star reviews uh, at the end of the year, but uh, these are all five stars for overall performance. And so, excuse me, overall, the, the book overall, performance overall, and the story, uh, all five stars. Uh, yet again, uh, with number two with my audiobook countdown, this is a completely different book than, uh, you know, The Great Courses or Fahrenheit 451. Uh, this was a, a biography of Bruce Lee uh, called Bruce Lee, A Life. It's by Matthew Polly narrated by Jonathan Todd Ross. The book is 19 hours and six minutes. Now, uh, growing up with with two older brothers, basically I was really interested in Bruce Lee as a kid. Uh, You know, we would always watch old Bruce Lee movies and we would, um, of, of course, as kids, try to be Bruce Lee. And this audiobook was released June 5th, 2018. And... I, I don't know what I was expecting when I when I got into this this book. I I think I was expecting that um, it would talk a lot about his movie career, which it does. Um, but it gave me a whole different perspective of the life of Bruce Lee outside of his movie career, and how he approached things like teaching, how he approached his his family life, how he approached. Um, people in general and how he he basically immigrated from from I, I believe I want to say China but I, I, I'm not for, for sure now um, how he how he immigrated into the US and um, how he was somewhat famous before he even came over here and um, again five stars all the way around for um, the overall rating five stars the performance by Jonathan Todd Ross is really great Um and and the the content of of the book, the story of the book, also five stars as well. Um, so that's Bruce Lee: A Life by Matthew Polly. All right, uh, up next, number one is the sequel to a fantastic book that was turned into a movie. This is by Ernest Klein, Ready Player Two, uh, a novel, narrated by Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton does a fantastic job again in the second book of the series. If you loved Ready Player One. Um, you will enjoy everything about Ready Player Two. This came out 11-24-2020, is 13 hours long and 46 minutes. Uh, a new take, the story continues. Uh, it, it, if you haven't read Ready Player One and you grew up in the 80s and 90s, I would seriously recommend Re- Ready Player One. So many tips of the hat to pop culture and science fiction. This book is just more of that. And it's it's fantastic read goes by too quick. Um, great story. 
no spoilers here. Um, so that's number one in my audiobook countdown uh, for 2021. Um, and I'm really happy to be back on the microphone again. Um, try to shake off some of the dust here and, and, and keep the podcast going. I really appreciate your patience with me. Um, there's some some other things that are, are going on too. Uh, coming up in 2022, I've recently been hired to um, as an adjunct um, music instructor at a local college. That's going to be just like a one night a week type of thing. I'm really looking forward to that. And um, I'm really uh, wanting to get back on a regular basis recording this show. I'm not sure if I'm going to get back to a weekly episodic uh, content on this show or not. Maybe bi-weekly. Um, it just seems that um, there's there's a lot going on. Um, and uh, there's there's other craziness things that, that have been going on too. I have a 15-year-old dog that... Uh, uh, has been needing some attention. Uh, everything's okay at the moment, but uh, just 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 kind of taking care of an old dog, uh, which which takes priority over everything as far as I'm concerned. So, thanks so much for listening. We will see you next time.